And so, yeah, moving away from that, eating to, for two, really like what nutrients do you need and what foods are going to support that? Um, like so that's that. kind of the one misconception. Then there's a few others, you know, some people might avoid fish, seafood altogether, and it's really raw fish that you need to avoid. And okay. um, with the, the people will avoid soft cheeses, but it's really unpasteurized uh, soft cheese. So, you know, a store-bought cheese is going to be fine. Welcome to the Learning to Mom podcast. My name is Layla, and I inform first-time moms on pregnancy and birth so they can be empowered and educated without feeling overwhelmed. Each week, I'm joined by an amazing guest in the field of prenatal health who answers all of our questions from what does a contraction feel like to how to create a birth plan to how to interview doulas for your birth. I got you covered. This week, I'm joined by Grace, a fertility and pregnancy nutritionist, and I ask her all of our pregnancy nutrition questions like, where do a lot of pregnant women go wrong when fueling their bodies during pregnancy? Should we be focusing on different food groups during different trimesters? Should we be eating for two? And so much more. Let's get into it because it's a good one. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much for coming on to the Learning to Mom podcast today. I am so excited to ask you all of my gazillion questions around nutrition. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to answer those questions. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. Well, <laughs> before we dive into all of the gazillion questions that I have for you, would love for the listeners to hear a little bit about you and hear what spurred you to start East to West Nutrition. Yeah, so I'm Grace, as you said. I live on the Gold Coast in Australia and I am a mum to a little 10-year-old, 10-month-old girl, Kyra. Um, she's a total monkey and just definitely keeps through my toes. And I work in the fertility and pregnancy and nutrition space. So I first, I mean, I've been studying nutrition um, for a long time and really specialized in fertility and pregnancy um, through my own pregnancy, really. Um, I had some kind of minor complications with um, placental issues and birth weights and things like that. And I really looked towards nutrition to support myself and support my health and my baby's health. And that's what kind of kick-started um, the journey really and then I kind of delved into fertility and how fertility can really be improved through nutrition and realizing how much confusion there is around these topics I wanted to bring a bit of clarity to it and make the information as accessible to people as possible that is so great did you say baby girl's name I don't remember us talking about this before baby girl's name is Kyra Kyra, yeah. Kyra. I don't remember that because I feel like Kyra <laughs> sounds a whole lot like Myla and then they're only like two months apart. Yeah, no, we didn't because I definitely would have remembered that too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Um, yeah. Now, Grace, kind of a softball, or I guess you could probably speak a lot about this, but first and foremost, why is nutrition and pregnancy important? Uh, I mean, if you, you know, if you think about it, you, you're making a human and that human is made from the nutrients and how your body is supporting that growth. So it is so important. Um, your body's requirements for nutrients goes up in pregnancy 
and that is to support the development and growth of your baby. Um, inadequate nutrition is also associated with poor growth and development, with poor immunity and increased risk of disease uh, later on in life. And obviously um, an increased risk for pregnancy complications for the mother and, you know, um, delayed healing postpartum and everything. Dang, no pressure. That's kind of stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, your body is amazing. Um, and if you're not getting the, the nutrients, it will take from the mother. And that's why people can be so depleted, you know, postpartum. So it is really important to nurture to yourself. But um, again, not to to create fear and anxiety or pressure around it, you know, just, um, yeah, aim for good nutrition as a solid message. I never thought about it impacting the child's life, like later on. I've always thought of it impacting like the development then I don't know why mm. I never thought about that because like clearly the development in the womb will impact their life to come. Yeah, there's actually a really interesting field of science, um, epigenetics, and it's all about how nutrition and, and lifestyle as well can impact how genes are going to be expressed within the baby. So not changing the genes themselves, but making, you know, a, a baby more susceptible to different diseases or, or, you know, anything increasing their risk of um, obesity or anything. And that's through like epigenetic factors. So, you know, the, the maternal and paternal's um, mm-hmm. lifestyle. Dang. Um, so it's, yeah. <laughs> so I know that probably caused some fear. Like, I have fear now and I'm not even pregnant. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yes. So without like creating more fear for those listening, I guess what's a standard or the rule of thumb when it comes to nutrition when you're pregnant? Yeah. So definitely don't want to create any fear. Um, as you said, there's a lot of that already. Um, one rule of thumb is to practice food safety, making sure that you know, you avoid uncooked seafood, um, no pasteurized cheeses, um, deli meats, things like that. So really practicing food safety to limit exposure to pathogens to your future baby. Um, taking a good prenatal supplement is always a pretty good rule of thumb as well, as that helps bridge any gaps that nutrition isn't. And, you know, if, if people aren't feeling well and stuff, they can at least know that they're having the nutrients through a prenatal um, and then as much as I have stressed about the importance of nutrition is not um, trying to go overboard and it creating anxiety and pressure, you know, it's, it is important, but it's not there to be like a complicated issue. Um, you know, going back to basics, eating lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean sources of protein, um, and yeah, trying to enjoy the time as well. I like that mentality for sure. It takes a lot of the pressure off too. Now, yeah. what should we be making sure that we eat a lot of? Um, and then what should we maybe not be eating a lot of besides the no deli meat and no raw seafood? And I don't know if you Yeah. That. So what we should be eating lots of is, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, really like going for, you know, eat the rainbow, as people say. Um, Lots of like high fiber foods, whole grains, they're really going to support your gut health as well through pregnancy and help with any kind of constipation issues, which are, 
you know, quite common as well for people during pregnancy. Um, you know, calcium and lean sources of protein and then really good sources of fats as well. So thinking like extra virgin olive oil, avocado, mm, okay. um, fatty fish, things like that too. Um, and then the things to kind of minimize would be, you know, your processed foods um, or fast foods or, you know, things that, that have like high saturated fat and high fat um, trans fats content. Now that makes me think like, you know, so often in pregnancy, we have these cravings and mm. a lot of times it might be French fries or, you know, some random pop tarts or something that's just not necessarily good for you, but your body craves it. And we hear what you're craving is because of a nutrient that the baby needs. Is that true? Mm. Uh, I, I don't think there's much science behind that no okay. <laughs> um <laughs> it's one of those those kind of myths um but on to pregnancy cravings like I know what you said like people can really like beat themselves up if they're craving something like french fries and you know there's so much guilt like oh this isn't the best thing to eat but I yeah. want it so badly and I think again it's that mentality of looking at what you're eating in the week you know so if you've ate french fries but you've ate amazingly the rest of the week then you know it, it's okay there is that leniency to it as well and really looking at what you can increase you know in so like looking at really maximizing particular foods not necessarily like taking away the foods that you're craving I think is kind of of where I try to go with my clients Okay. I like that. And yeah, instead of taking away thinking of what you can add, I like that. I also think back exactly. though to like my pregnancy. And I mean, there was definite weeks where I was having French fries every day. <laughs> so... I actually didn't get any pregnancy cravings and I was so looking forward to it and I, I didn't get any. And I was like, <laughs> that is really funny. I actually can't say that that was like a craving, but I think I because I was the same way. I was pretty bummed. Everybody was like, what did you crave? What are your fun cravings? I'm like, I actually have nothing. I had a strong aversion to chicken. I could not smell mm. it. I could not look at it for the entire nine months. Like it would make me throw up. Yeah. I could not do anything oh. chicken, which was hard because chicken isn't everything and it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think maybe the fries came more from a place of like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> now I can eat them yeah. all the time. But now I'm having this conversation with you and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> probably not my best decision Whoops. okay <laughs> no um I also had a friend who you know especially in the first trimester was just like potatoes any form of potatoes give them to me um <laughs> so I know but um look we we definitely just try to do the best that we can you know yeah, that's across true. the board with nutrition. Now, what about misconceptions that people have about pregnancy or about nutrition during pregnancy? What are some of those misconceptions? Uh, I would say one kind of that you just edged on there the the whole like eating for two thing, mm, or you know, okay. I'm pregnant, I I can kind of do whatever. Um, yeah. I think for a long time the eating for two thing really came down to like focusing on calories, and so okay. there was just. Uh, 
concept that you know it didn't really matter what you ate just get the calories that you need but right there's kind of been a change of thought to you know what are the nutrients that you need the, the actual calories don't change that much really they do increase especially by you know the third trimester but you can easily get that I think it's you know 450 calories a day extra which isn't that much really no, um, that's like half a muffin half a, like, yes. it's like nothing it's not much, um, but the nutrients, the specific nutrients okay. go up. And so, yeah, moving away from that, eating to, for two, really like what nutrients do you need and what foods are going to support that? Um, like so that's that. kind of the one misconception. Um, then there's a few others, you know, some people might avoid fish, seafood altogether, and it's really raw fish that you need to avoid. And okay. um, with the the people will avoid soft cheeses, but it's really unpasteurized uh, soft cheese. So, you know, a store-bought cheese is going to be fine. Um, I also heard that, um, you know, people say that pineapple cork and bring on labor oh. I don't know if you've heard that one uh-uh. yeah I think the thought was due to um a, a protein that's in the core of a pineapple uh kickstarting labor but it, there's no there's no proof behind that one okay um yeah so there's definitely a few out there right I liked what you had to say about it's not eating for two but if you think about it more of like it's nutrients for two yeah exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly so really looking at the foods that are going to support um getting those nutrients in is that what you would say is where a lot of women can go wrong uh when fueling their bodies during pregnancy I would say that's definitely an area and look I, I don't think that um GPs are all that helpful in that I don't know about your one of your first appointments with your GP when you you know you you do the blood test and they come down your pregnancy what's GP oh yeah just like a general practitioner doctor okay normally or often in Australia yeah you'll take the home pregnancy test and then you'll head into your um you know your your standard normal doctor your family doctor and you'll get a blood test to confirm your pregnancy um and then kind of the next conversation is you know they'll give you a rundown of the pregnancy and they'll basically say you know you are looking to gain this much between this and this much weight and I think it puts into uh the mother to be's head okay this is you know a calorie thing this is an aim that I have to get towards whether they're trying to um kind of restrict themselves to only gaining this much weight or whether they're trying to reach that rate if they have you know weight gain issues anyway um and so I think that's kind of where the focus of this kind of calorie um focus thing can come from you know rather than actually focusing on the nutrients as we spoke about so I would say that's kind of one area um and then relying on kind of supplements too much. So I know what can be a thought is, you know, okay, I've got this supplement, therefore it doesn't matter what I eat or, or whatever. Um, and supplements, you know, they can differ between them quite considerably. And not all supplements um, have the right amount of the nutrients in that you really require. Um, so getting a, a really good prenatal supplement is first thing but not just relying on that you know really using food as well 
um, to get the, the majority of your nutrients and filling in the gap with the supplements. Hi, mom friend. Is this episode striking a chord with you? Are you feeling like, oh shoot, I need to start nourishing my body better. Well, then do I have the perfect thing for you? Let me introduce you to pregnancy. It's pregnancy tea, which is essentially an herbal infusion tea that provides you with the vital vitamins, minerals, and nutrients during your pregnancy, kind of like a prenatal vitamin. Pregnancy is a family-owned small business dedicated to providing quality herbal pregnancy tea. And when I say quality, I mean it. They're really good. They're full of a wide range of vitamins like A, B, C, E, and K. So if this is piquing your interest, then head over to organicpregnanttea.com. That's organic pregnant like T-E-A, dot com. The link is in the episode show notes for your convenience. All right. Next question. Oh, yes. I'm excited about this one. Um, should we be focusing on different food groups during different trimesters? So in the um, in the first trimester, when our, our bodies are basically making the baby, we need particular micronutrients to support kind of the steps within that. And so, you know, I don't know how kind of widespread the message is in the States, but in Australia, one of the really big ones is making sure you have uh, folate or your prenatal vitamin has folic acid in it. And that is to um, prevent neural tube defects. So the neural tube is um, kind of made and complete um, by six weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you need... It could be complete, though, without you even realize, like, you don't even know if you're pregnant sometimes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, preconception health and nutrition is something that we can get into. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. You know, often these things are are in the backgrounds before most people even realize that they're pregnant. Um. And that's kind of the importance of having a healthy diet through your life, right? Not just for a particular time. Um, but, but yeah, that's, you know, that's one of the things. So, you know, different um, micronutrients will also support um, how, yeah, cell differentiation. So, you know, support the actual growth and the, the, the growth of the embryo. Okay. Dang. So good. Was there anything else that you were going to say about like, not the different food groups and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean the different food groups. So yeah, your um your requirements for things like obviously energy we spoke about and protein, iron and fat will um kind of steadily rise as you progress through the pregnancy. Um so you know you need more um your requirements for protein and fat yeah. do go up. Okay. Um most of the the fat stores are kind of transferred to the baby in the third trimester. So that's when we see kind of the requirement for um fat increase and so protein increases. Yeah. Okay. So this baby grows. So third trimester, you need to be eating a lot of those avocados and healthy fats and protein. Yeah. And even not in, saying you know, that it's not important in the other trimesters, but it's like especially important then. Yeah, um, it is still important in the second trimester, so you can prepare for the third trimester. Okay. Too. Um, 
just on the fat, I did speak a little bit about omega-3s earlier and DHA and EPA have been shown to be particularly important right up, right the way through preconception and through till pregnancy and, and birth. Um, and they're actually been shown to be protective against early preterm birth and improving gestational oh, wow. weight. So really aiming for kind of two to three serves of fatty fish per week throughout the pregnancy. Um, but we do see a lot of, of the transfer of fat of EPA, DHA into the third trimester. So that's any kind of fish, basically. I know you're not supposed to have tuna. At least that's what they tell us here in the States. Yeah, so you can have some tuna, um, just kind of opt for the low mercury ones. I think there's light tuna and skipjack tuna um, is low mercury, and you can go for one of those. Um, other types of fish, salmon is great, herring, mackerel, okay. sardine. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Now, this does make me think of, like, you know, the focus on these different trimesters. And I just think back to my first trimester when I lost weight because I couldn't, I just couldn't keep anything down. So what would you say to someone who may be hearing this and is really stressing out because they hear the importance of eating and they're like, I, I, the thought of food makes me want to puke. Yeah. And that is, uh, unfortunately such a true story and, um, you're really common. I mean, for a lot of people in their first trimester, but also, you know, some people throughout their pregnancy. Um, so again, I, I would definitely be leaning into getting a good quality prenatal and getting okay. in the that you need to really support your, yourself and your baby. Um, and then kind of, strategies to get as much as you can in um smoothies and soups can be like a really great way to just like bulk everything in um and just kind of yeah eat slowly eat small amounts often um when you feel like it's a, a particular food like you do have a craving like you know, go for it and try to yeah, just keep down as much as you can. Ginger can also be really effective for um nausea for some people as well like taking it or smelling it or what yeah adding yeah ginger to juices um so basically consuming a ginger tea now we did talk about this um at the beginning a little bit or maybe throughout i don't remember um (laughs) on the importance of nutrition while you're trying to conceive so question i'm assuming that everything that we chatted about regarding what's good to eat while you're pregnant and like what's bad to eat while you're pregnant is then the same as when you're trying to conceive or is anything different um so again it is mostly kind of the same um you know if you have somewhat of a healthy diet your through through your life you know, you're addressing many of the areas that you need to. Um, there are some specific nutrients, um, again, that really support fertility health. Mm, okay, um, what are those? Yeah, so things like omega-3s, choline, iodine, zinc. It will be different for female and males, um, but selenium um, and then there's there's different things like CoQ10 as well that can improve egg quality so there's a there's a kind of a range of ones that we look at 
um, precon- preconception health, you know, that's kind of like my, my really like special favorite area, really. Um, I love it. I think it's just, just such a fascinating field that, um, you know, we really can improve our fertility health and the health of our babies and for pregnancy mm. and everything through, through, yeah, through, through preconception. So the preconception time that we look at is three to four months before you actually conceive. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, it's not zero to three months. It's three to four. Like it's not the month before you conceive. It's three to four before. Exactly. And that's because that sperm regenerates every 72, 80 days and um, the egg matures um, kind of the three to four months before conception. Oh, so the okay. things that you do then will impact your egg and sperm quality for for you to have a baby and fall pregnant in three months' time. Interesting. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking of like, okay, so Matthew and I have talked about trying again in this month. So then I need to start doing all of this in this month. Okay. And, and many people don't realize that that is kind of the time that we're looking at. Yeah. I just want to mention that, you know, that's for kind of for most people, if you are going into pregnancy and you have a kind of an underlying condition, you know, like endometriosis or PCOS or thyroid um, complications or imbalance of hormones and stuff, you need to be able to have time to correct those things mm. and then improve egg and sperm quality. So you're really looking at four to six months before conception. Okay, that's good to know. And we did just briefly discuss man's nutrition impacting fertility, but I would love a little deep dive into this. <laughs> I think I find it fascinating because it's like, oh, finally, like finally not not to bash on the men, not because they are wonderful and they do so much, but I think as a woman, it feels so like isolating or like, I'm the only one that has to make all these changes. I'm the only one that has to really care about what I'm eating. So it's hearing, it's like hearing that it's also important for the male. Yes. Yes. We're both in this together. Exactly. We're both responsible here. That's exactly right. And I'm so passionate about, you know, it really takes two to tango, really bringing into the man's health side of things as well, because, you know, all too often I see couples who are maybe struggling with their fertility and, you know, the woman's out there doing everything, changing everything, her diet, her lifestyle, her environmental factors. And then you realize that it's, it's the man's side that, um, you know, the infertility is coming from. And infertility factors, you know, 50% of them are have some element of the male factor and 30% it is the male side of things. Um, Wait, what was that statistic? So 50% of infertility will be in part due to the sperm. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, and so 30% is the sperm alone. But I think so much pressure comes into, um, yeah, comes into the woman changing Uh and, and, you know, the man. But 30% is a good chunk. It is. It is. It really is. And the thing is, you know, sperm health is so susceptible to our lifestyle and to our nutrition. 
you know, regenerate every three months. And it's a great opportunity to really dive into it and make sure that you are maximizing and optimizing your health for fertility. And there's, again, there's a really key nutrients that um, really support that health um, and also things like, you know, environmental factors and lifestyle things as well that can improve it. So what are some of those things? Um, from a nutrition perspective, um, you know, things like selenium, B12, zinc. Um, so the same things. Basically. Similar, there is some differences between, okay. you know, um, what the to change egg quality compared to changing sperm quality. Um, but some lifestyle things, you know, like not um, having your phone in your pocket or not placing your laptop on your lap. Mm. Um, things like uh, long bike rides and and bicycle shorts and things like that you know oh man I'm I'm only laughing because (laughs) Matthew told me a lot like a while ago oh I don't bike because that impacts sperm health and I think this was like when we were dating which is then ironic (laughs) because we got pregnant when we were dating but um (laughs) now he's doing an Ironman Oh yeah, and we're like, I'm like, that's gonna impact sperm health, buddy. I want to get. But again, (laughs) you know, in um, in a couple of months, he has the opportunity to improve it. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but as your mom friend, I wanted to give you a good tip and let you know that you can actually subscribe to the Learning to Mom podcast. That way you don't have to rely on your pregnancy brain fog memory to remind you each week that a new episode is released. Whenever you hop on to your, wherever you're listening to this podcast at, you'll just be notified when a new episode is released. Awesome. That's all. Back to the episode. You were giving a really good list of lifestyle before I interrupted with the triathlon thing or the iron. Yeah. Um. So it was like bone in your pocket, no biker shorts, long bike rides, not good. Anything else? Um. I mean, you know, like the odd bike, you know, it's not like bike rides. It's more like the condition, the heat that's to do with mm. the heat of it. Okay. Uh, so things like laptop on your lap. Okay. You know, I think often what happens is that people think that, um, you know, if there is no fertility issue, then the man's health, it doesn't really matter anymore. And, you know, it is still stressing that these things are important, regardless of if you have a fertility complication or not. You know, you're still contributing 50% of the genetic material. And so like a woman, you want to be in top shape for that. I really like that you said that. Yeah. And that's probably a, a misconception that we didn't speak about regarding the men's um, fertility, but for sure. Yeah. Because even when I was listening to that, I was like thinking, oh, only in infertility situations, but no. Now, yeah. now I'm curious. This wasn't one of my questions that I like wrote down for you, Grace. So I'm sorry if this catches you off guard. Um, you just shared a lot of really beneficial, you know, supplements and things that we need to be like eating and such. But I guess what does that look like on a practical level? Like, could you perhaps give just a brief like breakfast, lunch, and dinner meal plan of yeah. what you should eat? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, say a, a great breakfast would be um, some eggs, some um, whole grain toast. 
avocado, maybe some fresh spinach and a tomato would be amazing. Um, Otherwise, you could go for some chia seeds, oats, you know, like soaked overnight oats with some chia seeds, um, your milk of choice. So be that uh, cow's milk or a fortified calcium milk alternative, Um, maybe some berries in there and some fruit. Um, And then as a snack, yeah, maybe like rice cakes with some peanut butter and banana on would be good or a handful of nuts is amazing. Um, A lunch, a great one would be uh, some salmon, olive oil, salad. Um, Otherwise, like a veggie pasta with maybe some grilled chicken in there. Um, another great snack would be, yeah, like a, a smoothie with a protein element. So chicken in some peanut butter or nut butter, mm-hmm. um, maybe some, yeah, some sardines on some type of, you know, whole grain cracker and little bits of fruits and vegetables there. And, um, dinner, you could have, yeah, some grilled chicken, some more vegetables, um, sweet potatoes something like that if you the I don't know if you have heard of like the Mediterranean diet uh-huh yeah it's it's not so much as a diet as more like a style of eating um so it's really high in uh vegetables antioxidants fruits nuts um really good quality uh fish and lean protein and then reduced intake of like red meats and things like that. That is kind of our. Amazing. This is a great um, thing to consume for preconception health and for um, pregnancy. Okay. Thank you. That I really liked that example of breakfast, lunch, and dinner and keeping the Mediterranean style in your mind is super helpful. Even when you're on Pinterest and you're just like Mediterranean meal prep. And then it's like, Bam, here's some great recipes yeah. that you can check out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Grace, this was <laughs> so right. very can beneficial. Just, oh, yes. Can I just say do. one last thing? Please do. Um, I was just earlier, we had a question about the requirements that change through trimester. Mm. And I just want to touch on iron and how that increases as your pregnancy increases. So by about 20 weeks, you're the requirements of iron really step up right through to um, giving birth. And that's obviously to support um, increased blood flow to the baby, but also to prepare your body for birth and blood loss. Um, So I would really recommend anyone going into pregnancy with low iron or anyone that's on a vegan vegetarian diet that doesn't get much source of iron to um, even have an, an iron check around the 20 week mark just to check the point for it because often you know I see pregnant women and they are really tired and depleted and and then we check their iron and it's it's actually quite low um because your baby's going to take all of it and it's going to deplete your stores so that's probably another important one to get checked okay. is low you know things like um iron supplements or iron infusions can be great Really good. Thank you for stopping me and adding that because that's really beneficial. Um, well, Grace, this was very interesting. I learned so much. Um, this was really great. Thank you so much 
before we wrap up here, um, how can people find you? Um, so I'm definitely my most active on Instagram. Um, and the handle is fertility.pregnancynutrition. Um, otherwise as well on my website, which is easttowestnutrition.com. Um, yeah, you can contact me on there, but definitely reach out and send me a message. I'm always happy to chat. All right. Another episode in the books. Now, while I have you here, since you're probably already looking at your phone, trying to figure out which playlist to listen to or what podcast to listen to next, would you click on the learning to mom podcast where you can see all of the episodes, like where you're scrolling through and you can click on each individual episode there on that page, right next to the cover art of my face, you can see a little button that will either say subscribe or follow. That's depending on what podcast player you're listening to. Would you please click that button? That way you are subscribed and that way you never miss a future episode. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.